Hey, hot cakes. Welcome to Hot Take, the podcast where we talk about the climate crisis and all the ways that we're talking and not talking about it. I'm Mariani East Heckler. And I'm Amy Westervelt. Today, we are going to look at a couple of crazy ass movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I think we should come clean with why we're doing this. So this episode, we're going to talk about some movies and some pop culture stuff, um, not only because today sucks, and we'll talk about why that is, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but because we had a fantastic episode planned for you on yeah. climate and refugees. It was a conversation I've been wanting to have for a super long time. We had an amazing guest um, who I'm not even going to tell you who it is because we're trying to get them back on the show for a retape. And if we don't, then like we will be ashamed. We'll be sad so, and, and ashamed. Anyways, yes. <laughs> we had a technical yeah. glitch, man. Zoom just didn't fucking record. <sighs> Mercury is in retrograde. Like this yeah. is just science, people. Um, I actually haven't Googled whether or not Mercury is in retrograde, but that's what that's our story. And we are sticking with it. Who My- cares what? My five-year-old today was like, all the technology is broken all of a sudden. And I was like, Mercury in retrograde. (laughs) Yeah, that has to be it, right? So, you know, things were working against us. And now we're recording a special episode for the weekend um, about, about, yeah, Seaspiracy and Deepwater Horizon. Yep. Yes, Mm -hmm. the 2016 movie with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, that's right. We went there. (laughs) We did it. Um... (laughs) So anyway, you ready? It's time to talk about climate. First, let's talk about why today sucks before we even get into the comments. So today is Thursday, April the 15th. Um, the police in, or I don't know who released it, but some authorities in Chicago released the body cam video of a 13-year-old boy being shot by the police. This comes, what, four days after the murder of Dante Wright in uh, Minneapolis? Um, Any minute now, the Chauvin verdict is going to release, and I just, like, there's no way for that to be justice Mm -hmm. (laughs) as we've talked about on the show like prisons are not justice courtrooms are not justice but when you're starting with the murder of an innocent person on camera and we even need to have a trial right then like there's no room for justice in that scenario Mm -hmm. so whatever that verdict is is a miscarriage of justice either way yeah so that's that's where we're at Mm mm-hmm yeah, so today sucks. So my bright spot right now is that weed is legal in New York, and I have some. Oh, yes. It's from 2019, <laughs> but... <laughs> Did you, like, find but... it in a couch cushion? <laughs> no. No, I kept it out <laughs> for a special occasion. So that's my mind state as we record this. How about you? Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Um, that is so funny. I am, I'm just super tired. Uh, I have just been, well, I, my, um, you know, my, my kids went back to school for like a week and then the school was like spring break. So they've been home all week and you know, I don't have spring break. So Mm -hmm. I've been having to do my like two, 2 a.m 
wake up and work thing again, which is uh, unhealthy. (laughs) No no wonder you're always up. I'm so tired. Sometimes I'll text you at like 6 o'clock a.m. my time thinking I'm being an early bird and like you're up in California. Hello. Hi. Hey. You're like, oh, I've been waiting on you to get up. What the hell? Uh, Oh, gosh. But also weed is legal in your state and you have dispensaries. It is. We have very, actually, we have like very nice dispensaries all around. I'm aware. Yes, yes, I'm aware. Yeah, I feel like all things considered and in all of that, we didn't even really mention the pandemic or climate change or like any other host of horrible shits going on right now. So yeah. we deserve an episode where we like kind of do some escapism into mm-hmm. some pop culture. Yep. One one is a documentary that is like damn near fantasy. Um <laughs> So we're going to talk about Seaspiracy, which is a documentary on Netflix. It's not lost on anyone that Conspiracy was right there. But that's that's not where they went. They went for Seaspiracy, which makes sense. Not at all. It just well, doesn't make sense. Well, except that it was the it's the guy that did meat spiracy or whatever, right? Cowspiracy. Cowspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking of meat posting, my friend. Um, but, um, yeah, so I, I saw it. I'd been seeing it on Netflix and I wanted to watch it. I didn't really know what it was about. Like from the previews, it looked like it was about plastics in the ocean. Um, and But for some reason, it wouldn't play on my TV in the living room. So I finally watched it... Um, when I was half asleep um, on my iPad and I saw the name go across. I think his name is like Kip Anderson or something. Kip mm-hmm. Thompson. I think it's Yeah, I, it's yeah. Kip something. And he's the dude who did Meat Spiracy and What the Health, which were like movies that I felt embarrassed by as a vegan. So like, Ugh. let's just say that up front, people, I'm vegan. I've been vegan since 2010. I've been vegan curious ever since I discovered what cheese was and how disgusting it is. <laughs> so don't even try it with the whole like, you're, you just want to eat steak shit. That's not who you're talking to. Right. But anyway, I was embarrassed by their movies as a vegan, but I saw his name and then I saw that it was a totally different narrator and director that I was like, okay, maybe it won't be about that. Mm-hmm. Fell asleep halfway through, woke up there converting everybody to fucking veganism. Yep. Yes. I just yeah. Googled this guy and he looks exactly how I expected him to look. Yeah, of course. He's got a man bun. Yes, he does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. but yeah, so what were your what was your chief gripe about it? I know we texted about it a little bit because I made you well, watch it. I uh, okay, so the the thing that made that first made me go is this a joke was that the narrator kept like the filmmaker narrator guy kept um like discovering things that I was like, <laughs> yeah, this has been around like there was there've been like three other documentaries about this, you know, like yeah, the yeah. like the like what? Like the Taiji dolphin hunt which is like very horrible. Um, well, tell Rick Barry, who he interviews in that in this movie, made like the best documentary ever about that called The Cove. So Whale Hunt is the the one in Denmark? It's or is in it Japan. the one in Japan? It's okay. in Japan, yeah. Um, where they sort of herd all of these dolphins into a cove and then slaughter them. It is horrific. Like it's yeah. truly just like a, a horrific thing. 
And they do it for two reasons. One is to harvest some dolphins for like, you know, aquarium shows and stuff like that. And the other is for, is, is to basically, um, like thin out the, uh, the dolphins because the dolphins like eat some of the fish that they want to catch. Um, so yeah, it's gross. But, but Ali finds out about this and he goes, I just cracked the case. He's like fucking yeah. Scooby Doo. He really He's like thinks like Scooby Doo. Yeah, he honestly he reminds me this this is like a per there's a, a there's like an archetype that I run into in my life a lot of like yeah the, the person who like you know uh, like reads a couple news stories and decides they're going to be a journalist all of a sudden yeah <laughs> and they're like you know. Oh, I, I, and this guy too, he's like, I had to go to Japan and see for myself what was going on. And he's fucking like hiding out in the bushes and all this. And he's like, they're following me around. I'm like, because you're like the most conspicuous person ever. And like, no, because, but it would be like, I, I remember I did some reading about this. He didn't apply for the filming permits. Yeah. So yes, they're following you because you forgot to apply for your permit. Yeah, but he's making it seem like it's this grand conspiracy against him. And it's like, no, dude. <laughs> it's because you didn't just apply for the fucking permit. Like, like when he was No in, one I is actually that China. concerned about your fucking gumshoe journalism over here, bro. Exactly. When he was like, in China, like, trying to stalk the origin, like, who's making shark fin soup, and he just shows up at random. Yes, and, like, tries to shove the camera the in there, ass. and they're, like, getting him out, and he's all, oh, oh okay, like, oh, there must be something they're <laughs> trying to hide, and, like, okay. I just want you to imagine you're in China, and some white boy with a full-ass film crew just yeah. <laughs> shoving cameras in your fish. Mm-hmm. You're like, what's, like, what is wrong with you? Yes. Yes. Like the fact that he thinks that's normal is hilarious to me. It's just so it's like, yeah, it's incredibly JV. I don't know. <laughs> just very amateur like, hour. Amateur hour like a lot. And but then right. and then he starts he gets into this um he get, he gets into this section where he's mm-hmm. talking he's talking to uh Rico Berry, who is his backstory is really interesting. He's like the guy who trained Flipper, and mm. then he realized, and so he feels responsible for creating like the obsession with dolphins performing. Huh. And so I he see. has like committed his life to trying to end this like dolphin hunt thing because he yeah. feels partially responsible for it. So he's like a he's a very endearing guy, and he's done mm-hmm. an amazing amount of work. Um, you know, trying to crack down on on whale hunts and dolphin hunts mm-hmm. and things like that. Very, like, earnest, well-meaning guy. Um, and yeah. I know, like, he had a big falling out with the people at Earth Island Institute, which is a fiscal sponsor of uh, environmental nonprofits. And the name sounds like there's some kind of money changing hands there. But, in fact, a fiscal sponsor just lends you their nonprofit status so that you can get grants and like sometimes they do some of the back-end paperwork and stuff for you too and sometimes they don't it just depends but anyway that's what earth island does it was started by this guy named david brower who was like an early sierra club dude and whatever and mm-hmm. I-, I worked there for a period of time i edited their magazine for like two years <laughs> and, oh wow yeah and um 
And so I knew these. So these guys show up on camera and I'm I'm like, oh, I know those guys because I used mm-hmm. to like work in the office down the hall from them. And um, mm-hmm. and the guy he interviews in particular is this guy, Mark Palmer, who like helped to create the dolphin safe tuna thing. And he's like grilling him about the fact that um, dolphin safe, the dolphin safe label can't guarantee that like zero dolphins were harmed because like the guy's trying to explain to him like, well, we don't have the resources to have like, you know, an auditor on every single boat, you know, but we try to like in the same way that organic does. It's like they, Mm -hmm. they review like a quarter of the, you know, producers every year. They don't, they don't have people like stationed watching to see if you like spray pesticides. Right. That's not how any label works. At all. Exactly. And Period. who has the type of money and staff for that? Yeah. So, yeah. And this, I, so this guy's something... like, gotcha. And then he's like, right. you know, he talks to like another another person who is uh, like working on plastic pollution and their focus is on packaging. And he's like, why aren't you focused on fishing nets? And um, and she's like, can you turn off the camera, please? Because this guy has, again, just shown up in her office, shoving a camera in her face. Right. Didn't request an interview, has no idea who he is, whatever. And he's like, I couldn't understand why she didn't want to talk about it. And then I put two and two together. Like, they're also, like, part of Earth Island oh Institute. <laughs> It was like, it's just like, uh, is this your college term paper or something? But, like... So yeah. I, also as someone who works at a at an environmental nonprofit, I was annoyed by that too because like, look, these places don't just like everybody doesn't know everything at these no. places. Like, we're talking about very specialized knowledge. So if you're totally. going to show up to a place, yeah, um, like they first of all, you don't know what's going on at that organization. Like right. you don't know what they're working on, what sorts of emergencies they're dealing with. So like. They didn't grant you an interview within a very specific set of time that you set. That doesn't, like, they don't owe you their time necessarily. They don't, yeah. like, like, people there are working around the fucking clock. Like, you have mm-hmm. no idea mm-hmm. what they're what they're dealing with. And, like, some right. pipsqueak, uh, and, like, and I wonder what his pitch looked like for an interview. Right, because they're clearly not acting in good faith. They're not. No, I don't think he even asked for an interview with those guys. Like he just sort of like showed up, and I mean, not with he claimed maybe that with he the did. dolphin safe people, but the plastic pollution coalition people. It was like he just like went in there guns blazing, and like <laughs> and right. Of course, they don't have the specific expert that you need ready to talk to you right at that moment. Like, yeah. Do you know what's they funny been too? At home with a sick kid. Like, Do you, you know have no like, idea. Do you know what's hilarious, too, is that the woman, the particular woman that he um, really, like, makes look crazy in that um, film, she, when I I put out a a season of Drilled about these crab fishermen, and she was like, what are they doing about fishing nets? (laughs) Oh, really? So, actually, she does bring it up a lot. She just didn't want to talk to him about it. Her name's Deanna Cohen with the Plastic Pollution Coalition. Okay. I just Um, wanted to get that in for the benefit of the listeners. Yeah. So so it's kind of like, okay, so he's like trying to be all gotcha, but actually like they do like talk a lot about fishing nets Mm -hmm. and um, cages and all, you know, fishing lines and all of that kind of stuff too. Yeah. Um, But... But 
Yeah. Anyway. All he does is like cherry pick his shit. Like, Mm -hmm. first of all, like we can start with the white saviorism that is just all over this movie. Like he like he goes to Asia and Africa and like treats them like they're either like poor victims or like these seedy mafia types or something. Um, never like really talks to anybody about the possibility of sustainable fishing. So like what was perplexing for me is like he goes to Africa Mm -hmm. um, and sees like the pirates or whatever and talks about how like the global north is stealing fish from the global south, which is true and is a real Mm -hmm. problem. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like you have people who have consisted or like, what's the word, subsisted off of fishing for a really long time. Right. but then he turns around and paints like a vegan diet as the only actual scenario to this and doesn't talk about the idea of sustainable fishing. Right. Like he just like glosses right the fuck over that. Right. Um, so like I found that like they clearly started this movie with their conclusion, which mm-hmm. is everybody should go vegan mm-hmm. and then work backward from there because yes. of the amount of zigs and zags that they take. So like one of them that I know was super annoying to you is that they talk about the Pacific garbage Island or oh, Pacific so plastic annoying. patch, right? It's not a giant and- Island. <laughs> what? A- oh, it's not. I thought it was. No, this is, this is like a, this is a classic example of like a mistake made in one piece of media that has like reverberated for a, a decade or more. It's, hmm. it's this thing called a gyre, which is like, you know, basically the, t- like the currents are such that it's like a toilet bowl, you know, flushing mm-hmm. over there and mm-hmm. it sucks in. So like all a cyclone these... in the water? Like yeah, a and it sucks in all of these like particles of plastic. And so mm-hmm. it's like, if you were to pull those micro particles out and put them all together, it would form an island the size of Texas. That's like how scientists were trying to explain it to journalists. Mm-hmm. And someone started calling it like the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. And people got this image in their heads of like a giant floating plastic island out in the Pacific. <laughs> and, and I, I, I really like, thought that until this moment, actually. Yes. A lot of people have. And this guy didn't help because, like, all of the footage he was showing was of, like, a bunch of plastic knotted together, which, by the way, is not what the Great Pacific Garbage Patch looks like. Uh, I did not know this. Amy, your brain is scary. uh, uh, Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So. So there's that. Like, mm-hmm. he talks about, like, there's everybody's so concerned about this this garbage island that we now know is not an island. Mm-hmm. Um, and 70% of the plastic in there is from fishing. Mm-hmm. And so then he starts exploring the fishing industry, right? So, like, because the whole movie starts with, like, I got worried about plastic in the ocean. And I was cleaning up plastic on the beach. And it wasn't working. And right. it's like, well, maybe because you're just one dude, dude. Yeah, and of like, course that's not of working. Of course, of, like yeah. you thought you were gonna single-handedly get all the plastic out of the ocean. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. damn, it feels good to be a white boy. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. Um, so he's like, seventy percent of this plastic is from from fishing. So I'm gonna follow the fishing industry now. That's not seventy percent of the plastic in the ocean, though. That's yeah. just seventy percent of the plastic in that patch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah, and I also, I'm not, I, like, I, so I I found it very hard to um, trust his facts because he, 
seemed to just be like, and then I read an article in The Independent. And it's like, like he literally, it was like he was forming conclusions based on reading one story (laughs) on a website. (laughs) He makes his movies the way that I green troll. You know what I mean? (laughs) When I'm about to like troll BP, I Google things like BP, piece of shit. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. I, I feel like that's what he did was like, you know, plastic, fishing, bad. And then this movie came out. <laughs> oh, my God. Right? Yeah. So he does that. And then so he gets so close to, like, examining where's all the plastic in the ocean coming from, but doesn't go to the end of the supply chain, which mm-hmm. would have taken him to fossil fuels. Like, I don't understand how you, like, that's, you've heard of a hop, skip, and a jump. Like, yes. Yes. That was a catapult. How yes. do you not go to fossil fuels from that? I and then he, don't like, know. he yeah. does try to talk about climate change, but he talks about it in the, in the guise of, like, what is animal agriculture doing to the ocean? Animal right. agriculture is a problem. Okay. Yeah. Don't, don't even try to come for me for not acknowledging that. It is a problem. But it is not the problem. And like Mm -hmm. him hyper focusing it on agriculture, um, I don't understand how that's any better than people hyper focusing it on individual action. Like, Mm -hmm. honestly, because Mm -hmm. it's not even like he's proposing large scale solutions to animal agriculture. It's just like you need to go vegan and like, okay, well, let's talk about the amount of packaging and veganism. Right. Or the amount of pesticides used to farm across the board or the amount of, uh, you know, GMO seeds or whatever, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know. I just feel like, um, and again, I'm not making the argument that like veganism is bad or that people yeah, shouldn't, you know, what is bad though. or, you know, whatever. <laughs> you you want to know what is bad though? What? 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 Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise <laughs> is bad. Mayonnaise is delicious and I will never change my mind. <laughs> No, no, it's not. Um, but anyway, yeah, I just well, the other thing too is that, um, like, I, like I think I've 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 said this before that that I, the the fossil fuel industry has made a concerted effort to separate itself in people's minds from the plastic problem. And it has been mm. fairly successful. And this movie completely does that. And some, and right. I, I don't understand how they've even pulled that off because plastic is made out of petroleum and like other petrochemicals. You know? Because so, they were just like not going for the actual root cause. It's like yeah. they got almost to the root cause and then did a hard pivot back down the supply chain. To, to the, consumer action. To basically. demand. Yes. Yes. And, and that's what's so so obnoxious about it. Look, like, I think that one, if, if whatever, I think everybody who's listening to this is probably doing something for climate change. The fact mm-hmm. that you're listening to this is doing something for climate change mm-hmm. and trying to, like, have the conversation or learn how to have the conversation. That's doing something for climate change. Right. Um, I went vegan because it was accessible to me. It's mm-hmm. not accessible to everybody. Mm-hmm. I also went vegan because I wanted to eat more French fries. Like, yes. on, like I really feel like it was so easy for me to do it because I don't like dairy. 
Right. I don't right. like mayo. I, like I, I, the things I like, it was, I was just getting shit out the way. <laughs> it's really what I was right. doing. And we've talked about this on the show before on the food episode about how food is just so, so incredibly personal. Like, I don't think the way to people's hearts when it comes to climate is through their stomach. No. And it's certainly not through this sort of like shrill lecturing environmentalism Mm -hmm. that focuses on making individuals feel guilty for bad, you know, consumer decisions rather than galvanizing a movement to change the system. You know, right. and again, like, I feel like I have to say this every time I say anything about individual action, because I don't want people to be like, oh, she said individual action doesn't matter. I'm not saying that at all. Not at all. Like, both are necessary. It's just that, like, you can't, you can't actually solve a systemic problem with just individual action. <laughs> exactly. Know? And individual action is so much more than consumerism. That's right. Right? You like have you many individual what... choices beyond what you buy. Yes. Right. Again, like the fact that we record this episode is an individual choice on both yeah. of our parts. Yes. Um so if we thought that we uh, we could not make a difference as individuals, like you wouldn't be hearing from us. We wouldn't talk about it at all. We wouldn't mm-hmm. have a newsletter. We wouldn't have Twitter. Like we Obviously, everything that I wake up and do every day is an individual action, um, including what I eat, but also including what I do. And so that was what's so obnoxious about this sort of activism is that it boils you down simply to a consumer. It mm. is ultimately it's less individual action than it is capitalist action. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So yep. if you can go vegan, go vegan. It is a good thing to do. Animal mm. agriculture is a ginormous contributor to climate change but like what i found frustrating about this movie and every movie that's come out of the school of thought is that it presents it as you're frustrated with this problem because you're not solving it at the root let me give you the root cause and it's Mm -hmm. veganism and then like what are you going to do like tomorrow when you wake up and climate change is still a problem when you wake up tomorrow and plastic pollution in the ocean is still a problem You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like he starts off with like, I was doing these beach cleanups and I was donating to these organizations, but I still see plastic in the ocean. I don't understand why I still see plastic in the ocean. And then he gets to the end of the movie. He's like, oh, that's it. I'll go vegan. Well, you're going to be vegan and you're going to wake up tomorrow and there's still going to be plastic in the ocean. Right. Like it's like the exact same thing is going to happen that he's complaining about. Right. It's like he starts with I'm I one person am cleaning up plastic on the beach and it never seems to be doing anything. And he ends with I one person am going to go vegan. And like, you know, what's the next disappointment going to be? Right. (laughs) Like that's the thing about capitalist solutions to capitalist problems is that it always leaves you wanting more. Mm -hmm. It always leaves you unsatisfied and disillusioned. And that is why like, that's this is not a solution oriented film it's going to yeah. leave people like even further frustrated yeah exactly. exactly there's no individualist solution to this um and i don't understand why netflix keeps giving the same dude so much money to make the same motherfucking oh, movie he definitely Soon looks like I... he knows the right people <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, he does. So, like, you get to every single one of his movies and you're like, you want me to go vegan, don't you? <laughs> every single one. It's the same fucking plot Veganism. Line. You know, I've, I've recently discovered that, like, a lot of documentary filmmakers fancy themselves journalists, but, like, they really don't do anywhere near the level of 
research that actual journalists do. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I'm this telling guy you, was sounds... particularly bottom of the barrel. <laughs> I'm telling you, it sounds like they do the amount of research that I do when I'm green trolling. No, for real. I loved how like he goes to what is it, Earth Institute, and then like yeah. comes back and he's like, I couldn't get an interview, so the only thing left to do was to follow the money. If you could have done that, why didn't you start there? What do you What do you mean? Yeah. Like following the money was your last resort? Yeah, exactly. Like that's, yeah, that's where you start, bro. <laughs> uh. He's like, I cracked the case. Yeah, he really thinks he cracked the case. Um, I was like halfway expecting, like you know, um, Scrappy <laughs> Dabby to like show up out of the corner, and I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you meddling kids. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you have to leave that in. <laughs> that was gold. <laughs> that was straight. Wait, are you high too? Nope, just tired. I don't know. spend an average of 90% of their time indoors, which is bad news because according to the EPA, indoor air could be two to five times more polluted than outdoor air. In some cases, it could be a hundred times more polluted. Data shows that air pollution is responsible for nearly 7 million premature deaths around the world. I have a strange little problem in my neck of the woods, and that is that everybody likes to burn their garden trash and other trash too. Lots of trash burning going on in my neighborhood. Not great. Air Doctor has really, really helped. I just fire it up on days when I can tell everybody's lighting their trash fires, and it keeps the household air clean. Air Doctor is the air purifier that has captured the attention of established media outlets like CNN, Money, ABC, and more. Air Doctor filters out dangerous contaminants and allergens like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use the promo code DRILLED to get up to 39% off or up to $300 off, depending on the model. Lock this special offer in by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use the promo code This holiday season, get a gift for yourself too, and keep it simple. I gave myself the gift of a better, more convenient laundry experience. I know, I know, laundry doesn't sound like a gift, but honestly, Earth Breeze just makes it so much easier. Think about how you actually do laundry. You have to work out how much detergent to pour, lift that big plastic jug, hope the goo doesn't get everywhere. It's annoying. 
but EarthBreeze Eco Sheets look like nothing I've ever seen in the detergent aisle. It's almost, it's like a dryer sheet kind of, but it's the detergent and you throw it in and then that's it. There's no measuring, no nothing. It works in hot and cold. It's also dermatologist tested, hypoallergenic, and free of bleach and dyes. And it fights everyday stains and odors. You get a powerful clean, but you don't have to deal with all that packaging. Right now, my listeners can get started with Earth Breeze and save 40%, 40, 40%, 40%. Go to drilled. That's E-A-R-T-H-B-R-E-E-Z-E dot com slash drilled for 40% off your subscription. Earthbreeze.com slash drilled. And last night was when we realized it. We recorded it like a month ago. Yeah. Um, but we realized we lost it last night. And we're like, what are we going to do for some content? And I was like, well, Tuesday is fuck BP day, in case you didn't know. We'll mm-hmm. talk a little bit more about what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I was like, I wonder if there's a movie about the BP oil spill of 2010. The Deepwater Horizon spill. And I Googled it. And there was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you guess what the name of it is? Deep I'll give you three seconds. Horizon. <laughs> <laughs> it is stars Mark Wahlberg. Yep. And so I made Amy watch it last mm-hmm. night. And now we're going to talk about it. But first, let's talk about April 20th. Because it's a very special day. It yep. is what we're now calling Fuck BP Day. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It is the anniversary of the Deepwater Horizon spill. Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. And the only good like thing I'll say about the Deepwater Horizon movie is that it made it like made me re mad about the Deepwater Horizon spill. So if you need that energy, it, oh yeah, it might it'll be do for that. You. <laughs> it's it's corny as shit, but it'll make you mad. Yeah. So I mean, we'll talk more about the Deepwater Horizon spill and like just how bad it really was because the movie actually doesn't really get into like the aftermath because the aftermath mm-hmm. is even worse. Mm-hmm. But April 20th is also 420 and, yep. you know, it's legal in New York now. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I also just learned that it is Hitler's birthday. Yeah. Hitler's birthday and the BP uh, disaster. Perfect. You know, you know. So let's like revisit the BP oil spill. This year will be the 11th anniversary. Last year, everybody kind of missed the 10th anniversary because it was the um, coronavirus. We were still like getting used to that. So Mm -hmm. nobody really 
celebrate, not celebrated, but marked the occasion. Mm -hmm. So we're going to bring that 10th year anniversary energy to this 11th anniversary. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if you're on any platform, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever, it's fuck BP day all day mm-hmm. that day That's on right. everything that they've posted in recent memory. Um, look for the subsidiary accounts like BP America, BP UK, BP, like they've got all sorts of little tentacles running around on social media. Find mm-hmm. those, find the most recent thing that they've posted and give them hell because they deserve it. Because mm-hmm. what happened, tell us about the BP oil spill because your brain is scary. I mean, it just was, was a series of really avoidable mistakes. That resulted in like over 200 million gallons of oil being spooged into the Gulf of Mexico, killing all kinds of fish and birds, um, Mm -hmm. really destroying so many people's lives. 11 people died on the platform itself when it exploded. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it was horrific. It was at the time the worst oil disaster in U.S. history. I'm not sure if there's been a worse one since then. But, I don't uh, think so. It like, was pretty I think fucking bad. <laughs> yeah, and it went on for a very long time. Like, yes. I remember, you know, I was not at all initiated into the climate world at that point. Um, but I remember being, like, utterly freaked out about it and having nightmares about it. Like, seeing um, oil, like, in the water of waves crashing onto the Gulf of Mexico, and it looked like salad dressing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and seeing how many birds died, dolphins, and just like, that's not sustainable. Like, mm-hmm. shrimp with three eyes and like alligators yeah. all fucked up. Like, the fishing industry, I don't think, has recovered to this day. Nope. Um, a lot of industries hadn't. And like, the other thing is to remember, like, this is the same place that got hit by Hurricane Katrina just five years before that. That's right. Um, and so, never really to this day, New Orleans really hasn't recovered. That's right. Um, BP has never really made good on a lot of the promises that it made to Mm -hmm. that community either. Um, Yeah. 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 And they've got like a brand new gift for the Gulf right now, right? They do. They have their first, their first new oil platform since then is being installed like right now. This month. Yeah. Like... Happy the birthday, Deepwater Horizon disaster. Here's another potential disaster. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's like that's their gift to the Gulf is a new platform. Yeah. yeah. On the anniversary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just feel like we got to get them something better for their anniversary. So That's like we... someone cheating on you on your wedding <laughs> anniversary. <laughs> it's like someone cheating on you and then you finally make it to your anniversary anyway. And then they invite the person they cheated on you with to the <laughs> wedding anniversary <laughs> party. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, yes. Yes, it's kind of, I just am like, wow, how did, like, how did they not think through the timing on this? They don't care. They don't care. Yeah, like, baby, we got to break up. Yeah. This this isn't working. Yeah. Yeah. But they're, of course, out there, you know, being, being low carbon now. That's their deal. Low carbon, low carbon life. Um, Fuck you, Amy. That's, I feel like that's all BP talks about right now. It's is, all low carbon this and hydro that, but then yeah. they like trot out this this new like oil platform in the Gulf yeah. of Mexico. Like ain't nobody going to see the press release. That's right. That's right. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna play here my favorite little bit of um, the CEO of BP, Bernard Looney, who's like the guy who keeps pushing all this. Like we're green now. We're part of the solution. We're part of the energy transition stuff. What he was saying at at, uh, at sort of an employee meeting last year when they were rolling out this new initiative. It's also the reality that the world's going to need oil and gas for decades to come. And we're probably going to be in oil and gas for decades to come, because how else is that $8 billion dividend going to get served? So I found the movie last night and I made you watch it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, how do you feel like that was a as a use of your time well you know i i kept wait i kept i honestly kept thinking that the disaster itself was going to be like the beginning of the movie and then we would get to some of like the aftermath and like you know push for accountability like community impact there was none of that it was like Mm -hmm. basically the bp guys are assholes but somehow the trans ocean guys who and the like schlumberger guys like all the yeah yeah like all the like low like lesser known oil supply companies that work the Mm -hmm. rigs were like you know they were just trying to do their jobs and they were trying to keep things safe and the bp guys were just after money and blah 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 and like and then and then it's like an hour of like explosion and oil gushing yeah yeah i i did i I did mm -hmm. love seeing the um it's John Malkovich plays like the shitty BP guy and he mm-hmm. gets like covered in oil at a certain yeah. point in a very satisfying way. That is but, satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will say that like, I found it annoying that they, they made it a thing of like the working class versus like working class, like regular everyday workers or whatever. Like mm-hmm. they were incredible. They were like overly simplified good. And then the corporate folks yes. were like overly simplified evil yes and so like just as a writer that irked me because yeah. like you could add some depth um because like I, as a southerner like i felt patronized by those characters like mm-hmm. they just like run around saying folksy nothings to one another for no mm-hmm. reason it was like did did the writers of true blood write this mm-hmm. you know <laughs> this is not how real people are yeah you know so yeah. like and they also were so heavy-handed with the foreshadowing in the movie. Like, yeah. incredibly heavy-handed. Like, they are about to take a little helicopter out to the rig. And one of the BP company men, who like, they really make a show of, like, how the BP people don't know anything about the rig. And, like, that's their sin. <laughs> their sin is that they don't know anything about the rig and that they think they're smarter than the And that they're, the like, not man. trusting the people that, like, are yeah. working on it or whatever. Right. Yeah, it's really not weird. The sin that they, not, not their sin being that they knew about climate change motherfucking decades before they had them out there drilling the ocean with mm-hmm. a well. Or what do you call it? Like, a well in the middle of the ocean? Like, yeah. that's their sin. Their right. sin is that they know that they're, like, ending the goddamn world. Right. Exactly. Um, exactly. Not so much that, like, they think they're smart with all their fancy degrees and their their ties, whatever. But anyway, so they're about to take the flight out there. And the BP dude has on a magenta-colored tie. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, would you mind taking that off? And he's like, I would. And he's like, well, the thing is that, like, we believe in... Um, 
in we're superstitious and like we're the worst possible alarm on a rig is magenta it's the color of that tie blah 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 yeah right, which like, of course the bp guy doesn't know what the alarm system is like and blah mm-hmm. blah blah and maybe the bp guys are that stupid um but like i want to hear more about how evil they are on the macro level actually yep you know, we talk about this all the time. Like, the bulk of the blame for the climate crisis is on, like, CEOs at BP. That's right. Um, and executives at BP. And, like, I don't have anything in my heart against somebody who works on a rig. No. Um, I don't think that they're equally culpable and all of that sort of thing. But, like, they're these people were not portrayed as human beings. They were portrayed as, like, uber-benevolent, like, yeah. childlike. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it was very two-dimensional. The other thing is, like, so I had never, I had not spent as much time thinking about um, how the Deepwater Horizon exploded. Um, And they, like, explained that in grandiose detail in this movie. Yes. Um, Which, you know, as a writer was annoying, but it was helpful to me to understand it a little bit more. And I never noticed how much Deepwater Horizon is so much like Chernobyl. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, there's all, it was so avoidable. And there were all these, like, you know, points at which they could have, you know, done things more safely or made different decisions. And like, and then, yeah, so many, um, I mean, I don't know, they kind of did this well. There was this, like, whole part where, like, the one guy didn't hit the, like, shutoff valve because, it, like, mm-hmm. he doesn't have clearance or whatever. Yeah. That happened in Chernobyl, too. Um, and there was, like, not listening to the, to the scientists in Chernobyl. Um, and also just, like, the way that it exploded and, like, there were people who, like, literally melted in Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of similar to what happened on Deepwater Horizon, like, the mm-hmm. way people died on the oil rig and, like, burnt up and all of those sorts of things. Um, and also how impossible it was to contain it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Chernobyl, they had to do all sorts of, like, wild shit that nobody, like, honestly didn't even sound like it made it sense. Yeah. Um to try to stop the disaster and the same thing in Deepwater Horizon. And it's still not all the way contained and kind of the same thing with Deepwater Horizon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But nobody said like after Chernobyl, people were like, okay, maybe this nuclear thing doesn't work. But after I mean, Deepwater it is Horizon, literally the happen. thing everyone points to when you talk about nuclear as like a potential you know, emissions-free energy source, all of that kind of stuff is like, yeah, but the risk is way too high. And I, I do wonder, like, how people hold those two ideas in their head. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Yeah, but like, um, and I'm not, I'm not advocating for uh, nuclear. I think there are a lot of of issues there too. But it's just weird that like we can apply that thinking to that form of energy, but not to fossil fuels for some reason. It doesn't make any sense, right? And then the mm-hmm. fossil fuel industry will brand like solar and wind as not proven technologies. And it's right. like, well, actually, fossil fuels, if it, like, if I'm being generous, it's not proven. But mm-hmm. actually, it is proven. It's proven deadly. Right. So, anyway, uh, watch it if you want to. <laughs> watch it if you want to get like revved up for Fuck BP Day. Yeah, exactly. Um, or just go read about <laughs> BP oil spill. And you'll get, like, all you got to do is do an image search for Deepwater Horizon and you'll be pissed. Um, Oh, but that was the the one other thing I wanted to mention is that Chernobyl, the TV show on on HBO, 
was mm-hmm. supposed to be a climate change theme show. Mm. Like that, it was a metaphor for climate change. Yeah, I don't think climate change needs a metaphor. Why didn't they just do the fucking Deepwater Horizon? Yeah. Like, you could just tell the actual story. And, you could like, just tell it straight, just straight, straight down the, straight down the middle. Like, <laughs> you know? We're out of speculative territory, homie. Like, just, yes. just say the thing. Fucked up. It is fucked up. Anyway, good, uh, yeah, like, remember that BP sucks. Yeah, and fuck BP day all day. Fuck BP Tuesday, day. Tuesday, yep. uh, April 20th. And then That's right. we're going to do a clubhouse next week, yes. too. So look, to, look for those details in the newsletter. That is right. Yeah, we're going to talk about the best trolls on a fuck BP day. Yeah, that'll be fun. Oh, yeah. Awesome. So join us for fuck BP day. Uh, <laughs> Make sure you're following us on Twitter. I'm at yeah. Mary Hegler and Amy is at Amy Westervelt and the show is at Real Hot Take. That's right. And sign up for our newsletter if you want to make sure that you have access to all the good memes before then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, awesome. Keep fucking the right. chicken. 